Hey friends, it's your girl Krista Janine and we are back for season two of Trauma and Triumph. This season is filled with amazing stories from women who have used their trauma and turned it into triumph. We hope these stories inspire, encourage, and empower you to live the life of your dreams. On today's episode, we have the co-host of the Yes Black Girl podcast. Let's jump right on in. Okay, ladies, thank you so much for joining me on an episode of Trauma and Triumph. And for everyone listening today, we have Kira Burke, media specialist, and Rhea Cobb, multidisciplinary artist, both from both from Yes Black Girl podcast. Okay, friends, so this conversation got really deep and went a little longer than planned. So stay tuned next week for part two. Which I was on. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I'm gonna put it in the show notes so you can listen to that as well. But today we are getting into our journey of trauma and triumph. And ladies, we're just gonna start off, you know, answer collectively or individually up to you. But what is one trauma-centered event? that you've experienced in your life and how has it striked you as most pivotal or one of the most pivotal moments for you? Um, where do you want to go first? Are you? Okay. Yeah, I can go first. Um, so uh, I don't really be wanting to talk about men, but you know, we have a lot of trauma surrounding men. So it would be my first breakup of like a long-term relationship. Um, we were together for five years and like in the midst of everything happening, there was also other stuff happening in my personal life. So um, I would say the years 2018 to 2020 were like not good. Um, I was in a really bad car accident with my dad. Um, I had to go to physical therapy. So I'm still dealing with like trauma from that. Um few friends passed away during that time and I was getting ready to graduate and I was also in therapy with my parents because of you know daddy issues that whole thing um so yeah now that I think about it it was a lot going on in that period but like the main thing was the breakup like the final breakup in 2020 um yeah it changed how I view relationships with men and people in general too um a lot of people that I was around, they weren't really, what's the word? Supportive. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Like, cause I was with him a lot of times and like the people he was around were, yeah, weird. Um, and like during therapy with my parents, I also realized that they were their own people before me and they had certain patterns and issues that they've dealt with that I don't know anything about or I know just like very little about um and realizing that a lot of thoughts that I had were not my own and they were just passed on to me and I'm definitely not the same person I was so I'm glad I'm out of that all right we're gonna put a pin in that we're gonna come over here yeah my experience is similar it's also you know due to a very toxic um relationship it was like right at the start of the pandemic I was still in graduate school it was during that time where I'm like working on my thesis so that in itself was already kind of stressful but then the pandemic is starting and at the time I wasn't in my relationship yet but I was you know, seeing the person that I ended up being in a very bad relationship with. 
and I ended up getting pregnant. And that was my first time ever experiencing anything like that. It was super wild. And I ended up having an abortion, which in itself is a lot to deal with. There's a lot to like unpack there. And um, I just remember knowing and making up my mind about what I wanted to do very, very soon, but also not really feeling um, supported by the men that were in my life which was and not just like romantically but also like friends like just saying the wrong things or thinking that it was okay to like joke about certain things and I'm like wait a second like I'm even being here and Mm -hmm. I had a very similar experience with Rhea just kind of sitting back and being like whoa some of these people do not need to be in my life um I need to be setting more boundaries and I'm allowing way too many things to happen and then like over the course of the pandemic and probably up until earlier this year, I was like kind of doing some of the work to to undo some of those things, but also still falling into those patterns and allowing certain things to happen in life. Um, and then I ended up having my relationship and very, very violently. And that was just super scary. And that was a lot to deal with. I've never been in a situation like that either. So like going through that, having to like follow police report and you know, the person I've been dealing with for the past three years, you know, having that kind of be the ending was just, it was a lot. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been my experience and it's been crazy as hell. (laughs) But I mean, the pattern I'm hearing in both of you is just like, one, yes, the ending of a relationship, but just like setting those boundaries with all people in your life, right? Whether it's your parents, Mm -hmm. whether it's your friends, Mm -hmm. significant others. So then I guess, Rhea, back to you. So during that time where it's like, how did you know that your relationship with him needed to end? Or her, I'm assuming here. Uh, him, him. <laughs> uh, man, like the moment I realized that like, this is done. Hmm. Oh, I feel like it was a know. process. Yeah, yeah, you know here. It was uh, okay. <laughs> so Kier knows like everything that happened, so she understands where I'm coming from. Um, but like we were like on and off throughout the years, and we would break up for like two days and then right. be back on and like, act like nothing happened and wouldn't really have a conversation about it because I, well, he wouldn't want to talk about it because he's like, oh, well, that's in the past, it's over. We don't need to say anything about it. But I'm like, I still feel some type of way, but I don't know how to like fully express how I'm feeling exactly because when I was younger, I wasn't really, I don't want to say allowed, but like anytime I tried to speak up Mm -hmm. about something, how I felt, my feelings were not validated um, for the most part. Very much stay in a child's place. Right, yes. So like, as I'm older, I'm trying to, speak how I feel but like what I've experienced when I was younger I wasn't able to fully open up which is why still some people feel like they don't know me or it takes a long time to get to know me because I don't really like talk about things unless people ask me of course but um back to the question uh I feel like there were a a lot of moments where I was like okay this is not working but we're gonna try to make it work and that doesn't work obviously um 
do you feel like being in therapy with your parents at the same time kind of helped you get to that point like in a sense like realizing certain patterns that they they had or certain things from your childhood that might still be like triggering to you currently like did you connect the dots through that or was it like a completely separate situation yeah I was connecting the dots through that and like up until 2020 but now I do remember um the like exact moment where I was like okay I need to leave this man alone um it was maybe March 2020 that was the last time I saw him and he was over my house and we were just talking and I like jokingly said like oh you don't care about me blah 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 because I don't know he did something and then like his whole demeanor just changed and I was like I don't know this person anymore like that was I don't know like it was just very nasty like I could tell his spirit was just not in it anymore um and mine wasn't either so I, yeah, I stopped hitting him up because he had texted me like, hey, I've been calling you and trying to check up on you and boo, boo, boo. And I was ignoring him because, yeah, you know what happened. Because Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he he would go like back and forth with talking to me and then acting like he doesn't want anything to do with me. Mm -hmm. Because at Mm -hmm. the time, uh, like a month before the pandemic, I had left his house like I packed everything I took my our cat which is my cat now um that's also another story um yeah I took my cat and I got up and I left because the week before we got into an argument and he was like well you should just get out blah 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 and then a few days later he was trying to act like my best friend and I'm like okay well so I was making up a little plan maniac Right. But that's also like a form of emotional abuse, right? It's like, mm-hmm. and that's something we don't talk about is like the emotional abuse that happens in a lot of our relationships, especially as black people. Um, because it yes. does, it happens a lot and it's a lot of manipulation, but it's also because like that's how we were programmed as children. Like a lot of the mm-hmm. things that our mm-hmm. parents did was very much so like emotional manipulation, emotional yep. like abuse. And that's how we know to engage with each other right better Mm -hmm. or worse so we until we start to like heal and that's why I asked about therapy with your parents because that starts to bring up a lot once you start getting the therapy and healing from your past you start to connect a lot of dots in ways that you yes otherwise be able to self-awareness is so real even after therapy because this when I went with my parents this was 2019 and then I went to therapy by myself 2020 so the moment I realized like I shouldn't be with this person anymore um I was in therapy at the time and we were just connecting so many dots like you said and she was asking me a lot of questions about him and I was having like a lot of epiphanies and realizations like damn I should have left three years ago but (laughs) yes but I'm glad that I am on the other side of that now because it was a lot And then Kira, for you, I mean, well, you said it ended with uh, in a violent end, but like, was there a moment even before then when you were like, "Hey, it's it's time"? Like, absolutely, yes. Um, We also had a very tumultuous on and off again situation going on, and the first time that we like broke up, broke up for good. I want to say it was like a good six months that I was like, "Okay, I'm moving on from this this man." Um, I actually started going to therapy and it was like a very different um, 
like the therapist that I was seeking out was more holistic, which I hadn't really experienced before. And she really opened like a lot of things up for me. And I started to do that, that work of like connecting back to some of my childhood trauma. And I'm like, oh, so that's why I'm allowing this thing. Um, and then from that point, getting like a, a personal trainer and working out regularly and just like investing in myself more. And I'm like, okay, I can, I'm getting back to myself a little bit. And I was feeling really, really good. And then I don't even know how we ended up crossing paths again, but somehow he was back into my life, like at the beginning of the year. And we started like trying to repair things. And I even said to him, I'm like, if we are going to move forward, I would like for it to be like therapy or something because I knew a lot of his things too. Like I knew his traumas and things that he had been through. And I'm like, I honestly feel like if you just start that process, then we can kind of figure this out and move forward. I don't even know why I was thinking that though, because honestly, he wasn't the partner that I had for myself, but I just knew. I was like, yeah, you know, we would be great together. It's like you have this idea in your head of what you want it to be and you're trying to force so then yeah like over time I'm like it's just back-to-back mess happening and eventually yeah he came over here and that all that you know mess just like really really took place all the violence and I was like wow like this there's no turning back like this is it um but yeah it's been it was multiple times where I was like you gotta go And like, and I think to your point though, like that idea we have in our head and it's like, you fall in love with people's potential as opposed to people's like reality. And, and that is so dangerous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, because, you know, untapped potential is just that, right? It doesn't exist. It's not reality. And the reality we live in can be very different from like the potential of what it could be if all Mm -hmm. these other factors weren't there, right? And I think a lot of us play into that. Um, but also I wanted to ask a question too, because you mentioned like you guys ended up getting pregnant and then you had an abortion and your guy friends were being like mad disrespectful in regards to that as well. So kind of Mm. like how did that like compound the situation, right? Where it's like, I have this partner who I know isn't living up to their fullest potential. We'll just say that. And now Mm. I found myself in this predicament and my homies like my homeboys are acting like stupid too like how did that kind of like play out for you I was already like in like this um and I think because we were it was like early pandemic time so of course I'm sitting with myself a lot I'm doing a lot of like reflecting and I'm just thinking about even my relationships with some of them was like hmm you know, I've allowed certain things to go on. And like I said before, it's really just not having any boundaries when it comes to them thinking that it's okay to joke about because, you know, you have a certain type of friendship or relationship with people where you may have like some dark humor or some things that you normally do and them not really seeing that there's a line that shouldn't be crossed, but also me realizing I didn't put that line there. Um, And then also just kind of reexamining my relationship with men in general. Like, hold up like what's that stemming from what does this mean for me um even if I consider the friendship to be platonic are there points where those waters are kind of getting a little bit muddy and I'm you know Mm -hmm. allowing certain things to take Mm -hmm. place so that was a big thing for me um yeah and it just it made me kind of take a set back and now when I'm approaching any type of friendship I try to make those hard lines you know just make that clear in the beginning like yeah you're 
you know, we're friends. This is how I do X, Y, Z. I don't like this. Like just speaking up, being more vocal. Um, even in that moment, being vocal with them and letting them know that this was something that bothered me. And sometimes they get it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they think you're being too sensitive. And it's like, well, you don't need to be in my life. Right. Because um, men, regardless of their friends, they're not. Man. Yeah. <laughs> they don't give a damn. They don't care about any of that stuff. But, um, yeah, just really the biggest thing that I learned in that was just, you know, setting those boundaries and just as soon as someone disrespects you, knowing that that's the line, like there shouldn't be another moment for that to happen. Um, It should be nipped in the bud right there. And if you do, if you're vocal about it and people decide, oh, okay, I respect that. Let me move forward and fine. But some people don't and they can do it. And then it's like, all right, well, you got to go. Right. right. Yeah. It's a big thing. In regards to that, and this question is again for both of you, how do you feel you've grown like emotionally, spiritually, mentally since that like time frame in your life? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm a totally different person now. I pray a lot more. Um, I find that that helps me. And so, um, yeah, I would say I am a completely different person from even from last year. Like, I feel like every year I've learned a lot of new things about myself ever since I started going to therapy. I'm not in it right now, but like, I still use all of the methods and tools and like healing modalities that I was taught and like that I forgot that I knew existed, if that makes sense. Um, because I wasn't really focusing on myself in that relationship. I was pouring more into the relationship and then realizing that the person did not value me like I thought they did. Um, So yeah, that was a challenge. Um, It changed how I viewed men and I learned to trust my intuition better because there were so many moments where, like I said, I should have been going and I knew something wasn't right. But as I stated, I wasn't sure how to speak up how I felt about that because I was nervous about his reaction because it was always either oh that's in the past we shouldn't talk about that no more or why are you why are you bringing this up basically um oh yeah I've just been connecting with myself and my spirituality and venerating my ancestors and talking to them and talking to my family and going out with my friends and Pouring more into me and my businesses and everything I got going on. So, yep, that's that. And it's so interesting you just said that, though, that you were afraid to say stuff because of how he was going to react. And I think that's one for me, like just being in therapy, as long as I've been in therapy and whatnot, it's like that's actually a form of abuse that we don't uh, connect the dots to. But it definitely is because it's like you shouldn't fear being in a relationship with like your significant other like and communicating with them right like you should feel open to do so so like the moment we start like seeing that oh I'm afraid to do x y and z it's like uh red flag red flag but Mm -hmm. we don't we don't acknowledge it sometimes right because it's like oh it's just our normal but that's Uh so that's so interesting though that you were at that place of being like well I want to be in this relationship also probably more so than you wanted to like feel I don't even want to say feel but like you were neglecting your own like emotions for the sake of the relationship right yeah. like really sitting in the fact that no nah, this is how I feel you can be mad mm-hmm. if you want to right yeah 
And then I realized that my dad was like that because I would speak up about something I felt or if I felt slighted about anything he said or tried to set a boundary, it was always, oh, well, you have a house over your head. You got food. What do you why you got to feel that way or just feeling challenged, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something else. But I don't remember. Um, yeah. We'll I guess I thought it's it. completed. We will. Right, yeah. <laughs> if it comes back, like definitely like interject for mm-hmm. sure. But then Kira, what about you? How do you feel like you've changed like spiritually, mentally, emotionally since that time frame? Um, what I will say is that I'm learning to give myself a lot more grace, like realizing that things are gonna happen. I'm gonna make bad decisions and, and make mistakes, but I have to like not be so hard on myself. Um, Cause one of the biggest things, like when that abortion situation happened, um, there was just a lot of emotional abuse coming from my partner at that time because he, um, I was dealing with someone else at that time too. So even though we weren't in a serious relationship yet, he kind of like held that over my head. So me like feeling bad about that, but then also holding on to all this all these emotions around the abortion and just, it was a lot of that going on. And I had to realize like, okay, yeah, I may have done some things, but it doesn't mean that I have to be treated badly. It doesn't mean that I have to think that I deserve to be, you know, mistreated or anything like that or disrespected. Um, Another thing is uh, knowing to like trust my gut. And like, as soon as someone shows me something that I feel like is a little bit off, knowing that that is my body's way and my, my mind's way of telling me like, oh, like they're not right. Like something in their spirit isn't right. You don't need to have this person in your life because they're not like fully aligned with you. Um, mm-hmm. And knowing to like end things right then and there and not trying to like hold on and be like, well, let me just see what's going on. But just really learning how to like trust that and be like, okay, I'm listening. Let me remove this person from my life right now. Um those are, I think, the two biggest things. Um, and then, I mean, I'm still trying to work on just things related to my childhood and, and different things that have happened throughout my life that I want to, like, work on. So that I feel like that's where I'm at right now is just recognizing certain things in my life, recognizing things that I've gotten from like my mom, seeing some of the things that um, she and her parents have gone through and how it kind of translated over into my life and just trying to like undo that. Um, and that's pretty much where where I'm at at this moment, but yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a great segue though. Like what has the healing process been for you both to get to a place now where you know, you're okay, you're moving forward in your life without these people. And, you know, mm-hmm. despite like the trauma that that situation caused, caused in your life, what has that healing process been? Girl. <laughs> Ooh, um, lots of crying. Uh, mm-hmm. going, going to the beach a lot, being by water. I love being by the water. Um, it's very calming. Uh, and going back to like getting clarity that helps with that too uh, with whatever situation I might be going through Um, therapy shout out to Emily from Talk Out she saved my life (laughs) Uh, and I was listening to three albums at the time like during 2020 Um, Brandy's B7 album Leanne Le Havis' her self-titled album and 
Chloe and Halle's Ungodly Hour. So those are all kind of, well, I wouldn't say D7 is like a breakup album. That's more about like self-love and stuff. Yeah. Um, but definitely. Which is still yeah, good. Right, which yeah. is still good. It's still part of that right. process. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm. Um, but yeah, with Ungodly Hour and Leanne Lehavis, I those albums were on repeat every day. And mm-hmm. I took a lot of baths. So yeah, there was a lot of water involved. <laughs> Drinking a lot of water, releasing a lot of water, being in water, um, and deleting a lot of pictures and videos and mm-hmm. because five years worth of yeah. pictures and videos and text messages and emails, it's it's a lot. And I'm still finding stuff in my laptop, which mm-hmm. now it's easier. I can just delete it. Yeah. Um, but at first that was a lot harder. Um journaling and doing that a lot uh twerking busting down because (laughs) we store a lot of trauma in our hips and you gotta release that um yeah having conversations with my friends and just going out with them and pouring into myself and talking to the aunties and all the older sister figures because Mm -hmm. I don't have any like actual blood sisters um So yeah, just enjoying time to connect myself and the people around me and the community that I have instead of worrying about somebody's dusty son. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same for me too. It was literally just surrounding myself with my people, whether that's me going out somewhere, having a good time, being able to travel and go to um Morocco this summer with my mom and my cousin was a huge part of that for me because I was able to get out of New York and just be away. And I was like, okay, let me focus on this and be in this moment and just enjoy the sunlight, enjoy, you know, being in this culture and experiencing something outside of myself, which was completely like just life changing. Um, And then getting back and making sure that I'm going out with my friends and not like putting things on the back burner and being like, okay, I'm gonna try to be at everything this this summer. Um, Definitely heavy on the dancing anytime that I got a chance going up on my roof and playing some music, blasting it and just dance with my friends. That is a release right there. That's a spiritual (laughs) moment every time. Like it just, oh, it always feels good. Especially Um, on the rooftops. Yeah. Okay, the sun is beaming down. And you, it's like yes. you're sweating, but you don't care because your body mm-hmm. just feels good. The music is amazing. Music is a huge, huge part of healing too. I don't care if I'm singing, if I'm dancing, if I'm just laying here and I'm crying. It's a good way to like release. Um, heavy on reading, reading more books, listening to more podcasts because I love hearing other people's perspectives on things, whether it's like therapy for black girls, or if I'm reading something that's just like something fun, like something science fiction, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of getting back into my, my nerdy Mm -hmm. bag a little bit and just trying to like find uh, or rediscover things that I love doing. Um, That's like a huge part of of that for me because it's separating it's helping me to kind of redefine who I am in this moment and separating me from who I was for those past you know three years that I was with that person um and yeah and same with being able to just talk to your older cousins or talking to my grandmother and just getting their perspectives on things even like my uh my godmother who I call my nana I I don't think I've ever as an adult 
had like real conversations with her surrounding like relationships and stuff. Like, of course I hear them talking about things, but being able to like connect with her and she like, she was like, girl, you should have been came to me and talked to me about this. Mm-hmm. Like you already know, I know. And her just giving me the real, and then her giving me little pieces to where when I did decide to start dating again, I was picking up on stuff and I'm like, you know, my nana told me that was going to happen and mm-hmm. I'm able to kind of redirect myself in that way. So that's been awesome too. But yeah. So yeah. what's the best advice you guys have gotten from like an older woman in regards to dating mm-hmm. relationships since we're here? Mm. I gotta check my notes for that. Yeah. I have one that I didn't even listen to, but I'm not, I'm going <laughs> to say it only because, <laughs> only because I'm not dating this person. There's nothing serious going on. But um, there's this woman, she's my coworker, but she's older than me. And we're like really, really close now. And she was just telling me about a situation with her dating um, a man with a child. And she was like, I don't, I don't deal with any men who have a child under the age of six. And um, don't recommend. I just, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) because there's a lot there. Right. And that's something Mm -hmm. that I already kind of knew, but I still hadn't really experienced it. And literally right after that, Someone came into my life that had, yeah. And I was like, what's what the universe? What are you trying to teach me? What's going on? Um, but I thought that was an amazing, that's like the most recent uh, piece of advice that I've gotten. But it's something yeah. that I'm definitely going to be taking heed to. because mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely an interesting, um, yeah, dynamic there. I'll say yes. that from personal mm-hmm. experience. Man, right. but I got some stories. Right. <laughs> right. But, um, so one piece of advice I have is dump faster. So I was at a happy hour with one of my dance groups, Soka Tribe, and we were just talking about like dating and relationships and stuff. And I was telling people my experience with my most recent ex. We were together for a year and some change. And I was just telling them like stories and stuff. And they were basically saying like, oh, you know, break up with somebody faster because the longer you say it's it's probably not going to get better unless y'all both want to do the work to become better people on your own and, and together right right so I should, yeah basically all the relationships i've been in i should have left a lot faster but i'm glad mm. i learned what i did when i did yeah. so now i know Why do better you think you stayed so long though that's a good that's a good For, like, segue. like just in general like why do you think it used to take you so long to oh. break up with people even though you saw the red flags so for the first relationship we were really like good friends. Like I could say that he mm. was my best friend and we had a lot of fun together. And yeah, he was really close with my other, not super close with my close friends, but like they were all familiar with each other and my family knew him and we were together for five years. So it's like, y'all I thought y'all was getting married. Man, we for real. <laughs> it was cute and in the beginning. It was cute. It was. And you know he's an artist too, so like it was cute in the beginning. It was, it really was. Yeah, Um, and he's an artist, so like there were just some things that we both understood about each other, and yeah, um, same. So that's the reason why, because like I actually like enjoyed his company. I enjoyed being around him. We laughed a lot. We had a lot of insiders. Um, yeah, that whole thing. Like Kier said, it was cute until it wasn't yeah and right <laughs> because it's 
shit. It got ugly. Um, but the second one mm-hmm. is because I've known him since high school. So like all of the craziness in that relationship. Um, I was too understanding, like, oh, it'll be fine because we know each other and blah, 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 blah. Um, and because he's bipolar. So like there were just mm. things going on with that. And he also yeah. has a child, which is why I was laughing it's at the whole child other story. Earlier. Yeah. Um, so that ended really bad. Um, I'm glad it's over. Uh, and but I was definitely feel like... quicker than the last one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't, that relationship didn't really hurt me in the end. I felt better getting out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I know how to deal with that type of hurt now. So, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, say because of familiarity and it was comfortable for the moment heavy on the cozy heavy on the cozy yep. I feel the same super way super cozy it was definitely when you're when you have someone who you're like used to being around and had the same experience like we were friends first and we related on so many different levels like I love being able to talk to him about certain things whether it be hip-hop like right. I have other people I can talk to about that with but it's like we just understood it it was like this this is my person Mm-hmm. Um, cutting up with him, having those jokes and everything like that. And them just being such a big part of my life, like my day to day. But then there's also this other side of it where it's like a lot of manipulation happening. So even when I did want to walk away, yeah. them just finding ways to kind of guilt me or just finding ways to like get themselves back in. Um, and it was crazy because I always felt like when I was in a relationship, I was like, okay, I see what they're doing. Like I can see that I'm being gaslighted. I can see that this, and I'm like, oh, but I see it. So right. it's not affecting me and I can change it. But it's like, no girl, he's still manipulating <laughs> yeah. you. And <laughs> this is crazy. Right. It don't um, work and that, but... so, yeah, <laughs> hell no. And then also um, still just, I don't know, just wanting to see that potential. Like we were in similar, um, like on similar career paths and I'm just thinking about the future. Like, oh my God, this is going to be so dope when we both mm-hmm. make it and we're doing X, Y, and Z. And it's like, girl, y'all not even about to make it because look at right. how he acted now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and a lot of like love bombing. So me wanting to hold on to all those good moments and then it's being followed up. And I'm like, dang, like I want to get back to this. But then it's like long periods of, of BS happening at the same time. So, yeah. child, listen. Yeah. Also, but like, oh no, go ahead, go ahead. Um, another reason why I stayed in the first one, uh, because he he's an entrepreneur as well. So like, his schedule was always he always had time for me, mm-hmm. and you know I like quality time is one of my love languages. And, you know, being around people. Um, so like I could be like, hey let's go to Philly next week and we would do it and I'm like I can't just do that with anybody else that I know because either people got nine to fives or they're not on that type of time so like Mm -hmm. taking spontaneous trips and just going out and having fun um but through therapy you realize that your person (laughs) will have that yes exactly (laughs) yes definitely yeah but I think we do we fall into that fantasy of oh, well, I can only do this with this person. And, oh, mm-hmm. this person's only going to understand me like this. You know, mm. as though there aren't millions of other people in the world that right. might right. align like, with you. I exactly. felt like the world was ending. 
<laughs> like breakups feel like somebody, I mean, you're grieving a relationship. So it's like yeah. somebody died. And But what's funny is that we do that, but we also were people before the relationship and we've experienced uh-huh. other people as well. So I'm like, this yes. ain't the first time I've been right. in love. It's not the first time I've had someone that I've connected with on this level. So what's different mm-hmm. about this one that I'm cutting up so bad? And most of the time it is the manipulation and yes. just yeah. not having any boundaries. And now I'm stuck in something that I'm like, wait a second. Right. Um, but it's like, I'm grateful for it because now I know how to see those signs. I know to walk away from it. I know what it is that I'm looking for in a partner. And I can be like, okay, you don't, you're not hitting those boxes. You're not checking this, this off for mm-hmm. me. And seeing it early too, because what I will say is now I feel like a lot of guys, when they don't check those boxes, they show it a lot earlier. It's like there used to yeah. be this period of like, you know, someone may try to like be fake cool for a little bit and they show you this one side, they present themselves a certain type of way. But now I feel like the truth be coming out so much quicker. And I'm, I love it because now I can kind of block and, yeah, and it's probably die. You, though. <laughs> it's probably like you're drawing that like energy out of them in a way that you mm. might not have been doing before. And it's so funny, yeah. though, because I was listening to... Um, I, it may have been on Instagram, this this guy who's like, I don't know if he's a relationship expert or it, what, but he, um, he d- like drops a lot of good gems and he was saying, mm. like, cause he speaks to women mostly and he's all like, it's crazy to me that women be so in love with people but hate how they treat them. And Ooh, like, man. that's the man. first time I had ever real. heard anybody, especially a man say that because it mm. makes so much sense. It's like, how you love somebody but hate how they treat you mm. and like, i'm still trying to figure that out right it's like yeah. and me too girl because i mean we all <laughs> <our skeletons. laughs> okay but, but i think for me that like hearing him say that though i've never i've never connected that right mm. it's like how because you mean it it's not like no i actually very much so love this person right but at yeah. the same time, like hating how they treat you. And it, it comes down to like, you have to love yourself more than you love them mm-hmm. because you have to n- not betray yourself and allow them to mistreat you. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. but unless somebody says that, you going on about your life, like not even connecting that, right? Because mm. I probably would have never been like, yeah, that, yep. oh yeah. Like I probably shouldn't be with somebody that I hate how they treat me despite how much I love them. Because you right. can love people from afar. You sure can. You sure can. Um, and there's other people in their lives that can live on them. They don't got to be you. Yes. <laughs> you. And nine and times think- out of ten, they've allowed it for so long that it's like, oh, yeah, stay with them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But also as black women, like everybody expects us to be their hero. And it's like, I can't, oh. you can't save them all. You know, and I that's can't be your mom or your to- therapist right yes. I can't be everything to you Mm-mm. yeah and that's the scary thing is that a lot of people in relationships and this isn't just the black community but in general just how we're socialized in America they really do think their significant other is supposed to check like be fulfill them holistically right mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. that is so much pressure to put on one person yes to be your oh, everything yeah. how unrealistic it's not is fair it's not fair it's not fair because you and they don't even understand when you don't want to hello you don't you don't expect your doctor to do everything for your life so it's like that's why you have other people that you can go to for help and that can include being in relationships 
Yeah. That's so and true. then also, I know with my most recent ex, um, so because I'm an artist and a dancer, um, I have a big community of people and we are very, uh, I would say loving and like platonic intimacy is a thing, you know, like cuddling and all of yeah. that. And like as a dancer, cool. we're always on top of each other's bodies. Like we're sweating together. We're right. crying together. We're doing all of these things together. And it's very intimate. Okay. And he felt like you should only do that with your partner. And I'm like, I can't do that. Not the isolation. Yeah. I'm like, I can't be isolated in terms of like physical touch because when you're not here, Mm. I want to hug somebody else. Like I'm a human being. Yeah. Like we're programmed for connection. Like we literally need that. We'll die. (laughs) And you know what's funny? Me and my therapist are like working through this right now too. And I'm just in a space of, if you can't accept me how I am in this moment, thinking that maybe I will never change, right? If the person that I am and I and I stay this way forever, right? I might not. But if I did, is this the person you can be with? Because if it's not, then we're, we don't need to be together, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, instead of trying to shape shift, mm-hmm. and this has just been my truth, right? Trying to shape shift in relationships to be what they want me to be. It's like, nope, right. this is who I am. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is how I was living before you were here. If yes. you don't mm-hmm. like this, like, then maybe I'm not for you. And we can all be okay with that. Okay, friends, so this conversation got really deep and went a little longer than planned. So stay tuned next week for part two. And there you have it, friends, another episode of Trauma and Triumph. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. And if you're liking what you're hearing so far, feel free to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Amazon Music. See you next week for another triumphant story.